0: Well, would you look at that. It's a Thursday, and not the typical time that we do the Council Roundup. programming got the Council Roundup music loaded, and I didn't have to do anything. That's awesome! That is awesome! Alright, it's the Council Roundup, (laughs) like, wait a second, it's Thursday. I know, it's because they didn't have the meeting on Tuesday night. They had National Night Out, which apparently was a great success. Which meant that aldermen wanted to be out in their communities instead of being in the council chambers. So they decided to postpone the council meeting from Tuesday night to Wednesday night. That was last night. We bring you the council roundup this morning. Council roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. I'm Greg Bishop. It is the WMAY morning news feed. 709. And about an hour and 15-minute meeting last night. So short, concise, to the point. And we start even with a proclamation and good news. Here's Mayor Jim Langfelder honoring the Springfield High baseball team. So uh,
1: the proclamation reads, whereas 2020 was a challenging year on many fronts, and the pandemic halted our student-athletes in many aspects... However, we were there to see the breakthrough moments and inspiring celebrations like the achievements we are recognizing today. And whereas the 2020-2021 Springfield High School boys baseball team demonstrates not only commitment, spirit, and pride, but the importance of having fun in whatever they set out to do
0: pretty incredible story considering the past year that we've had more from the mayor's proclamation
1: and whereas the senators went on to the ihsa class 3a championship at Trust field in schaumburg taking on the prairie ridge wolves they won eight to seven and brought home the first state championship for the springfield high school boys baseball team and whereas this victory was especially impressive since in the seven consecutive wins There were seven different winning pitchers, and in the last six games, the Senators had to come from behind wins.
0: That's a pretty awesome story, actually. Uh, More from the proclamation.
1: And whereas this story is the one for the record book, since it is the first for Springfield High and their baseball team, you're all inspiring, and in the words of our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, by all means, don't say, if I can, say, I will. Now, therefore, I, James O. Langfelder, Mayor of the City of Springfield, together with our City Council and residents, do hereby proclaim that Wednesday, August 4th, 2021, shall be Springfield High School Baseball Team Day in the City of Springfield and call upon all our citizens to formally recognize the 2020-2021 Springfield High School Boys Baseball Team and their coaches for their incredible season. Congratulations to the senators.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Good to get that recognition there, Um, especially after we talk about uh, the prohibitions that have been on uh, youth sports uh, most of last year because of uh, COVID-19. But moving forward here, uh, let's hear from the coaches, staff uh, of uh, Springfield High and uh, the successful baseball team. Just
2: on uh, behalf of this crew of guys that were so wonderful to work with and their parents that are out in the crowd, I just want to thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, Alderman Redpath and the entire city council for uh, recognizing this achievement and uh we couldn't be prouder to represent the city of springfield thank you thank
0: you uh-huh. A very cool story uh, i mean I, that that's like um it's like made-for-TV script right there, you know. I mean, uh, kids not able to go to school, battling the COVID-19 threat, and they can't even, you know, have certain types of sports happen. And then it's just a, such a depressing year. But then, out of the uh, cornfields of Central Illinois, comes the uh, boys' baseball team uh, getting a victory and. I could see I could see uh, the, the script essentially writing itself. Incredible. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, though, they had city business to get to, of course, and uh, a lot of it deals with how much of your tax dollars they're going to spend on things. Uh, we'll hear about uh, a, a, a power plant question and a repair that's uh, apparently going to be needed. Uh, so that's coming up. But first, let's talk about a renovation uh, that uh, Public Works wants to do to... Uh, help streamline and move their operations to the first floor of the uh, uh, city hall in order to provide higher quality services. But it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, It's going to cost upwards to half a million dollars over several years. But it's not just the uh, renovation costs. It's the planning costs. Of those renovations and the design work that's needed that's gonna cost tens of thousands of dollars Alderman Joe McMiniman uh, has some questions about the uh, the costs moving forward and what it's gonna mean for taxpayers and I know right now we've got a lot of uh, COVID
2: uh, inflated costs out there for because uh, the service uh, construction folks are so busy with projects and uh, this is an exp- the, uh, the half million dollars for the redesign, or this is a design contract for roughly uh, 34000 but the follow-on contract would be uh, half a million as discussion last week. And I'd- I wonder if we want to hold this till the spring and just see how things are going with the construction costs.
0: So yeah, the construction cost is definitely going to be an issue, and uh, this is just for uh, design work initially. Uh, but uh, here's Nate Bottom, the director of uh, uh, Public Works.
3: It actually, originally, before COVID, it was going to be around $400,000, so we did try to build that in, into account. And this is
1: only for design, so we don't necessarily – it'll get us ready for construction, and we can bid it
0: out. And if we get high bids, we simply don't have to award it. So yeah, uh, they they get uh, all the information together, and they could proceed not to not a, not award a contract anywhere, or even proceed forward. Here's Alderman Jim Donelan. Last week, he was the one that uh, uh, asked the question uh, that ultimately revealed it's going to cost four hundred plus thousand dollars over several years to do these renovations, and he uh, continued raising some of those concerns yesterday.
4: Here, here's a the, here's the concept I'd like to throw out there and, and I appreciate you pointing out that this is indeed for the architect to provide basically what it's going to look like and then more of a scope as far as the actual cost. Here, here's what I would, I would like to entertain. If we could have a commitment that before anything is done, if this ordinance passes this evening that is, before anything is done that you come back to council or as I mentioned to the mayor, you invite a couple of us in at a time and go over what they, what they came up with, go over the cost, the, the estimated cost, and then decide whether we want to proceed.
0: So yeah, uh, get the costs, get it all lined up, see how much it's actually going to cost, but you gotta spend money to spend money, right? I guess that's ultimately the, uh, the direction here, is you gotta spend tax dollars in order to find out how much tax dollars you're gonna spend.
4: But if it's anywhere near five to $600,000, I'll be a no vote, that's just ridiculous. And uh, so I, I would consider Uh, moving forward with with the understanding that we'll come back to council and we will be briefed prior to that event occurring.
0: So uh, Alderman Donilon, uh raising concerns about the overall cost of the project, but seeming to be all right moving forward to allow for uh, the initial costs here to be laid out. Uh, Alderman uh, Fulgenzi, he has concerns not about the renovations, but more about the customer service. Because what they're doing here is they're wanting to take the public works department, put it on the first floor so that those who need to get permits, building permits and things from public works, uh, they could do so in a much more easy fashion than maybe having to bounce around from different floors. to different floor at the uh, Springfield City Hall building. Uh, So Alderman Filgenzi wants to make sure that uh, customer service is is really the focus here.
3: Rather than the the permit uh, seeker going around to all the different offices, why don't we have one of our employees just carry it around to the different desks, and that's their job is to make sure that it's expedited.
0: So he's asking for uh, some some streamlining, and uh, Nate Bottom indicated that that's going to be part of this as well, is just making sure that there is a, a streamlined process. Uh, but Mayor Jim Langfelder saying that uh, they're going to be moving forward with this because uh, they want to make it easy, but they also want to make it safe for people, especially as we're all pandemic conscious.
1: With this day and age, with the pandemic, it's good to, um, you know, not have people limiting people's trips throughout the building. The other thing is with regards to security, uh, doing the same. So that's the whole purpose. And then as Alderman Fulgenzi pointed out, uh, service, you know, having everybody on the first floor for those uh, service levels. And it'd be helpful if we do consolidate the permitting as uh, we've heard last week. Uh, the process not only online but also internally to expedite it and try to get that as much as possible to 24 hour, 48 hour turnaround.
0: So uh, that measure ultimately passed, and um, we'll obviously see uh, whether or not it's going to cost uh, $300,000 over several years, or if it's going to cost half a million dollars over several years, or maybe building costs go down once the pandemic subsides, but who knows if the pandemic's going to subside. All right, uh, seven seventeen Uh coming back, we'll delve more into last night's Springfield City Council meeting, and in particular, uh, about CWLP, and there's one coal-fired plant that's offline right now it's unclear what happened but there's some vibrations we'll hear details about that and how much it's going to cost just to take it apart to take a look at its gutty works so we'll get to that coming up next and much more from last night's springfield city council meeting it is the council roundup on a thursday that's right cuz they had the meeting Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night. All right, the Council Roundup brought to you by Headwest Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location now open for lunch. Headwest Subs. Back with the Council Roundup on the WMAY morning news feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Still to come, conversation about COVID-19 policies for state uh, rather for city employees. Mayor Jim Langfelder being asked about that last night. But also uh, talk about how much money it's going to cost to actually open up part of uh, an aging coal-fired power plant. An ordinance up for emergency consideration last night um, delves into how much it's estimated to cost to open up uh, Unit 33 out at City Water, Light, and Power, the municipally-owned power plant. Uh, and this is uh, this is an issue that they've seen with other uh, coal-fired operations at the utility, uh, some aging operations that uh, needs a lot of money, a lot of care. Uh, I some concern that it's just costing too much money is not economically viable anymore. Well, we had that conversation from Alderman and the utility last night. Here's mayor Jim Langfelder spelling out that emergency ordinance,
1: the inspection of the unit number 33 for a vibration
0: issue for an amount not to exceed $195,000. So it's going to cost around $200,000 for them to open this thing up and to take a look inside to see why unit 33 is vibrating. Uh, was it struck by lightning? Uh, they're not sure, but they need to find out because it's not operating and it's not creating any electricity right now. Here's Alderman Joe McMiniman with his concerns. I
2: understand that we've got no insurance coverage on unit number three at the present time. And uh, I understand that, that this uh, this 195000 is to inspect unit number three, which we've had all problems with unit number three. we I think it was five to $6 million of repair two years ago, which was covered by insurance. Uh, but now we don't insure that unit any longer because for a number of reasons, it's, it's, it's been a real drain on our expenses.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of money. It's it's routine that we hear um, $100,000 here, a couple hundred thousand dollars there. If you recall, uh, how long ago was that? COVID, by the way, has just completely destroyed any and all understanding of time for me. I can't remember if, you know, part of the plant blew up during COVID or was it before COVID? Or but you remember when there was an explosion at the power plant, and uh, ultimately it was found to be user error, uh, and uh, the utility was not covered uh, partly for. Uh, Those costs by insurance. So the insurance question is obviously still looming when it comes to these aging power plants And as we've heard before as well when it comes to getting a broad insurance policy for the city's assets There's a lot of insurance companies that aren't insuring coal-fired power plants anymore Um, I don't know if that's because some of the the plants that uh, CWLP has are uh, a little bit more uh, advanced in age Versus Dalman Four, which is at CWLP, which is fairly new. Uh, so, you know, the different types of considerations involved there. Uh, but Alderman continues his uh, his concerns about whether or not dumping more money into an aging plant makes any economic sense for ratepayers.
2: Um, we almost got to retire it in 2023 uh, because of the cost to satisfy the regulatory rules would be so prohibitive so that the issue before us is really do we want to spend more money to spend more money when the unit has been so problem ridden that it's it's a question about about whether we want to sink more money into it bearing in mind that this unit is barely economically
0: viable now in other words It's not making any money, Uh, especially now with uh, it not even operating at all, but you still have employees going to oversee the operations there at that particular coal-fired power plant. So, uh, yeah, it, it seems, again, uh, we're going to be spending money to see how much money we need to spend. <laughs> uh, here's more from uh, last night's meeting. Alderman Chuck Redpath highlighting how, listen, I mean, it's important that we focus on uh, ensuring that these things are in operation to the best of their ability.
5: We need to know through this ordinance to do an investigation on what really happened. We asked them what happened, said, uh, we think lightning hit it. Well, they don't really know. So we need to open it up. We need to see what, what the problem is. And then the city council will have a better idea on how we go forward. Uh, we don't want to spend millions of dollars on this thing. I agree with you. That's not not what we're trying to do. Uh, we do need to know the cause. We do need to know if it's viable to fix. If it's not viable to fix, I know the mayor's not gonna go for it. Neither am I, neither is anybody. But to say that this is a scare tactic, I got you have my word, it's not a scare tactic. We end up closing this unit down. We, we risk losing our coal supply, which means that we're going to be buying coal from either southern Illinois or Kentucky. And if you think our costs are high now, wait till we add on the transportation cost of the coal just to bring it to Springfield.
0: And that's a fair point uh, and something that uh, you need to consider when it comes to generating energy uh, from any source, be it coal, natural gas uh, wind or solar, uh, and so on. Uh, Doug Brown, uh, chief engineer over at the utility. He, uh, he responded to some of these questions and in particular, how, um, how exactly this, this may have happened, why there's a vibration within this particular coal fired power plant operation. Uh, so, um, you've got, uh, Doug Brown expressing how there was a storm. Uh, they decided to trigger the plant, turn it offline. And then when they tried bringing it back online, uh, there were vibrations.
3: Uh, Unfortunately, though, we did not have you know we did, we did we did not have any vibration problems beforehand. We tried to bring the unit back up, had the vibration
0: problems, and those problems uh, they can't explain at this point. That's why they need to take it apart.
3: It'll take about three days to open it and, then, and look at it. And that's basically 195000 That's the ordinance that you have in front of you tonight.
0: $195,000. Just to take it apart see how much it's going to cost to actually fix it uh, and to diagnose what the problem is. Uh, but even after that, I mean, it's still going to take some time. Even after they open it up and, and do a diagnosis, try to find out what's wrong with it and what the possible fix is, it's still going to take some time.
3: If there's other damage, then it's going to take longer, and then we'd have to come back. Uh, we need, either way, we still have to come back for the, the final cost, of what it would be to fix the unit. Um, If it's the 951,000 or maybe it's, it's higher.
0: So coming back, we will uh, hear the final vote on this ordinance, which was up for emergency consideration to spend close to $200,000 to open this thing up and actually uh, uh, see if there's uh, problems that could be fixed and how much it's going to cost to fix those problems. Uh, So stay tuned. We'll get to that and much more from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. It's right here with the Council Roundup. Back with the Council Roundup. Each and every week, we give you the highlights from the Springfield City Council meeting, be it the full council, which was last night, or the committee of the whole, where they deal with all kinds of ordinances and bring all kinds of issues up. But last night was the uh, special City Council meeting and not As in like a special designated City Council meeting because they do have those It's a separate category altogether. But uh, it was a, uh, a Different night than on the typical Tuesday night when they hold council meetings Because the national night out Whenever they bring law enforcement And community leaders They hang out in neighborhoods uh, Good uh, uh, fellowship of sorts uh, to, to bring about uh, uh, Fostering a, a, a better relationship with law enforcement and communities. Uh, so National Night Out is Tuesday, so they delayed the council meeting from Tuesday to Wednesday. That's why we've got the Council Roundup right now. Of course, Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location now open for lunch at West Subs. So we're in the middle of hearing uh, the back and forth over an ordinance to spend nearly $200,000 to find out how much more money needs to be spent, and that's on CWLP. Uh, we've heard this story before when it comes to other uh, coal-fired units at the utility uh, having some uh, uh, operational problems, and they have to bring in some contractors to take it apart to see what's the problem. It's not like you know your vehicle where you can just plug in some diagnostic computer and it spits out a whole bunch of code and says, "Oh, you got a bad oil filter," or uh, "Oh, your your, uh, your blinker fluid's out." Uh, so you've got uh, um, you don't have that with these big these coal-fired power plants so yeah it costs a lot of money and if you haven't seen these things up close uh holy cow i mean they're they're massive uh huge machines huge engines uh so they've got to be able to take this apart it's going to cost two hundred thousand dollars to be able to find out why exactly one of the units is vibrating but it's an older unit as well Uh, so you have some asking the question as to Well, um, is it worth it? Is it worth $200,000 if this thing's going to be decommissioned anyways in just a matter of years? Uh, So last night, uh, more from Doug Brown from CWLP talking about capacity, talking about pricing, uh, and some other questions that were raised by, for instance, Alderman Proctor. Here's uh, Doug Brown from last night.
3: That's why 33, you know, was running more this summer is because prices were elevated into the low 30s earlier and now they've been more to the mid 30s with some going into the 40s. And we needed that when Texas had their issue, right? Down there, kinda. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Texas. (laughs)
5: No, not necessarily, because MISO couldn't import power to Texas,
0: so it didn't matter really what we did. Trying to help you out. Trying to help you out, he said. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Here's the mayor kind of uh, reacting to some of that.
1: Because What Texas ran into is they didn't have uh, their grid built out, so they couldn't import power. That's what we've recently done, if you can give an update while you're up here, on the building out of the grid. Can we import enough capacity to uh,
3: do our native load and our peak load? Right, so we have unit four, we have our gas turbines, um, and you know, with that plus the, the build outs that we're doing, we can import enough power during our peaks to do that.
0: So, uh, yeah, it's it's an ongoing deal. I'm not going to uh, try to fancy myself as some kind of energy expert, but uh, you want reliable energy, and uh, you want to be able to ensure that uh, any power that uh, you're getting from the grid is reliable, and any power that you're putting into the grid is reliable as well. Uh, more from Doug Brown from last night
3: the only other obstacle that we have and is dealing with employees um, and and as uh, our operators transition to other jobs eventually we're going to reach a point in time that we will not have enough operators to operate or we will have to hire more operators to post jobs hire them externally train them um, only to you know lay them off at a later date which might make it more difficult to attract those new employees
0: if we need them. So jobs obviously a concern here uh, moving forward with this operation as well. Um, what about uh, the possible outcome of this ordinance? Again, the ordinance is for $200,000 to get a contractor in to open up the uh, uh, this particular part of the utility to see what's wrong with it. That's $200,000. That's not chump change. Uh, here is uh, Doug Brown talking about what happens if uh, aldermen don't approve the money to open this thing up. Okay, so
3: if this doesn't impact you know I guess doesn't pass and the decision is made to basically retire unit 33 um, and then it means we would need to notify our employees that those jobs are going to disappear
0: well I guess it's yeah one thing uh that's uh pretty quick to note is if they don't approve this and they're just gonna have to shut things down and those employees that work there a couple dozen of them uh they're probably just not gonna have the job there uh more about uh, uh the overall issues of staffing this unit i mean because
3: it, it cannot it cannot operate right now so those the, those the staff that we have um you know they're they're coming in and doing their jobs for what they need to do um but That's it. You know, we can't produce power until we address this issue.
0: Alderman Fulgenzi, uh, he is a regular voice of balance at the uh, city council, and he uh, brought up a question uh, about that balance and how, yes, we need to be concerned about, you know, the costs, and we need to be concerned about the uh, city employees that are being impacted by this and the energy grid and so on. But there's other considerations to take into account.
3: I'm concerned about the employees. Don't get me wrong but we're also supposed to be concerned about the ratepayers of the citizens of Springfield and how much they're paying for electricity
0: yeah it's an important issue uh, and you need to work those conversations in all the time as well uh, the ratepayers the taxpayers how are they impacted by all of the all of the decisions not just these decisions but all decisions of government uh, Alderman Sean Gregory uh, says hey you know what two hundred thousand dollars if it's going to help us better understand what's going on here let's do it I, I
4: think it's worth $200,000 to open it up and at least take a look to see what's wrong with it before uh, we make a decision on, on to whether to close that down uh, with so many unknowns, especially with the pandemic coming. And regardless, we still would have 10 or 11 possible people without jobs, and that that, that concerns me.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, I, I could see how that is a, a concern. Uh, but uh, you also have other concerns about the energy grid and so on. Uh, but what about the outcome of this vote? How did it do? Last night, emergency passage. Emergency passage ordinances need eight votes, not just a simple majority. They need eight of ten votes to pass if it's on emergency passage. So this was on emergency passage last night. What was the outcome?
1: And the ordinance fails, Six voting yes, three voting no. Point
5: of order. Oh. Uh, 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 does this fall back to committee to come back for a sixth uh, majority vote? Yes.
1: Uh, yes, that is correct. You may recall the procedure is that emergency passage is just to like suspend the rules, take immediate action, otherwise it goes through the normal process.
0: So I expect we'll hear this come back uh, in the future. So that uh, wrapped up city business last night, and it was time now to open things up to a variety of other things. A nice uh, bit of levity here when it comes to street signs. Here's Alderwoman Kristen DeCenso. Uh,
6: Director Bottom, I thank you for the new pedestrian sign we have on um, MacArthur by Williams Boulevard. Uh, the wording of the sign is a little peculiar. <laughs> It says um, slow moving adults. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you, I'm not a slow, slow moving adult. So something more appropriate, like pedestrian crossing, or watch out, or let your people cross huh? the road.
1: Oh, people. people's attention. They're yes. reading it.
3: Yeah, that's that's uh, the police department, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
6: Chief! chief I am not a slow-moving adult, I promise you.
1: As a chief moves they put that out there, there
6: for me. I'm a slow-moving adult.
5: No, actually, our sergeant has been using that to try to educate people and using humor, trying to use humor to get people to pay a little more attention to some of the traffic hazards that are out there. Well,
6: I think that people are offended.
5: <laughs> well, look, it's working. It's working. It's working. <laughs>
1: I got some chuckles tonight.
0: Uh, that's awesome. I love it. Slow moving adults. <laughs> I had a buddy. Oh my gosh! Every time I was in his truck, and we'd come up to this sign on the road towards his uh, his family's farm, <laughs> the sign uh, you know is one of those yellow signs, and it says "Stop Ahead," prompting you about you know a stop sign ahead, and even if he's driving. He'd reach across to your face and then, like, smack you on the forehead and say, Oh, look, I stopped ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyways, uh, slow-moving uh, That's a That's a funny sign. I mean, we've got signs about special squirrels. Uh, and uh, what are some other ridiculous signs you've seen? Uh, still some more to get to. Uh, last night, Alderman Chuck Redpath jumping in on an issue.
5: Mayor, we were looking into a... Uh, 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 uh a company or a advisor or something that was going to talk to us about the 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 Springfield fire department are we still moving in that direction
0: and Budget director McCarty rapidly jumped up and said he's not a slow moving adult and uh <laughs> laid out that, yes, indeed, uh, they're they're working on that.
1: Yeah, the consultant, actually, we had, um, it was a few weeks ago, the consultants, two of them came on
3: site, and they were here for three or four days. They've met with a litany of individuals, Mayor, myself, a lot of people from the fire department, I think even some folks from the 911 center.
1: We have received a draft report of the data analysis portion of it, but that's just the beginning, so. Okay. I just want to make sure we we're going right. forward with that. We're, we're hoping to have the first draft of the
3: report in about a month.
0: So scheduled to hear that report on the council roundup uh, about uh, efficiencies with the fire department. Uh, Next issue up, Alderwoman DeCenso wanting to know about the city's COVID policies. Um, I
6: know at the state level, we have a COVID policy going forward. Um, As of today in Sangman County, there were 74 new cases. The Delta variant is raging, as we know. I'm I'm not shaming anyone up here. I'm just stating the facts of the day. Um, So I'm just curious... (laughs) as to what the uh, city policy is for employees regarding COVID time. Or-
0: Here's the mayor responding.
1: I yeah, probably have, uh, as far as quarantine, we'll follow the CDC guidelines. I think if you've been vaccinated, it's uh, 10 days, I believe. Uh, un- what we're trying to do is move towards more vaccinations. Yes. And so uh, with regards to the buildings themselves, uh, people that have not been vaccinated uh, should be wearing masks and not saying people that are wearing masks, Uh, they have that option so they may be vaccinated may
0: not but those that have not been vaccinated should be wearing masks but the cdc has guidance out was one argument that was raised last night more from the mayor personally i think
1: the uh, cdc made a mistake Uh, we kept our mask mandate in place uh, when the schools were still in session Mm -hmm. and they lifted it and they thought it was a motivating factor to get people vaccinated and so what we're looking at is can we um Uh, make it a requirement that people uh, get tested, you know, on a daily basis or a periodic basis for, uh, you know, city, uh, you know, employees. And if not, uh, then they'd have to wear a mask or prove that they've been vaccinated. So we're looking at the uh, legalities of that. And uh, we'd be, if that's the case, we'd come forward with the ordinance I think that's the right direction to go.
0: So he's not wanting to make it a standalone edict from one person, he's wanting to make it something that's debated and voted upon by all of those elected officials, part of the Springfield City Council. More from the mayor.
1: Living our lives and uh, you know the economic impact, I know people discount that a lot. And so uh, I think I've had calls in the office from both sides of it, and the side that's not touted probably enough that it should have been is the uh, part that it does impact mental health, uh, it impacts, you know, drug overdoses. It impacts alcoholism, uh, suicide, sadly, uh, the worry of work, worry of, uh, you know, people losing their businesses and moving that direction. I think we need to navigate our way through it.
0: And Alderwoman DeCenso going back and forth with the mayor on uh, this uh, particular issue of COVID policies.
6: The HR department not- does not need an ordinance to set a policy for COVID standards. They don't. This but they is don't, HR- but uh,
1: we will. Like I said, we're not the CDC, we're not the county, we're the city of Springfield, and we will be bringing that forward so everybody can share it in the credit or the blame, wherever the case may be. And we're all in it together because that's what it's all about, being all in it together and not casting blame, but being supportive of one another and how we want to support our community moving forward. Because that is first and foremost what we all need to be concentrating on is how to be respect one another, supportive of one another, and work through this all together.
0: So again, the mayor indicating he's not going to do uh, a standalone order from one person. He wants everybody on the council to have a voice, and uh, as he said, to sp- spread the uh, spread the blame or to spread the credit around. Uh, and i think that that's an important thing that we're not necessarily seeing in other uh aspects of uh, these types of covid decisions that have been impacting our lives for the past year and a half uh more from the mayor last night
1: and as you know the policies evidently have been changing with you know different areas they are definitely now, we're, changing. now we're dealing with the delta variants so that's what we're taking a look at that's why we're looking at uh, testing um, employees can we do that on a regular basis And. Uh, you know, require the mask and then uh, show the COVID card and not because of HIPAA violations or all of that. So that's what they're uh, uh, looking into.
0: Here's uh, Alderman Sean Gregory chiming in with his two cents. If
4: his fancy stuff doesn't work out, I, I don't feel like it's going to be a big deal to ask our employees to wear a mask for me i i I don't think it's like the end of the freaking world for us to wear a mask if you got to get to that point don't you know don't don't hesitate
0: (laughs) this fancy stuff doesn't work it's not the end of the freaking world alderman sean gregory says uh here's uh mayor uh langfelder uh wrapping things up for the council roundup
1: and i took a lot of flack over that i took a lot of flack over trying to keep the restaurants open things of that nature and what we're trying to do is how do we make the wise decision just like we tried to do on unit 33 today what we're trying to do is get additional information so we make the right decision moving forward because once we do the mass that's just the first step because the cases keep going up what's your next step
0: That's your council roundup from last night here on the wmay morning news feed the council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west